HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, Bushwick. You're listening to The Farm Report. I'm Jack Inslee with my lovely co-host, Heather Hyman. And uh, we are here live at 5, as usual. And today we have been brought to you by Edwards of Surrey, Virginia, a good friend of the network. The Edwards family has joined Heritage Foods USA and Newman Berkshire Farm to develop an all-natural product line featuring Suriano hams, Berkshire smoked slice and slab bacon, and Berkshire smoked sausage links. These new products are produced exclusively from purebred, six-spotted Berkshire pigs raised completely outdoors on independent family farms. The Edwards name is well known for its world-class aged and cured meats. For more information about S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, visit www.edwardsvaham.com. And Heather, who do we have on the line today? We have Mr. Tom Mylan of The Meat Hook in Brooklyn, New York. Tom, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We are doing very well, thanks. Happy to have you on the show. So Great to be on. We had to do some detective work to get your uh, phone number. You gave us the wrong one there, but... Uh, oh, really? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> we just thought you didn't want to come on today, but it's all good. Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> we tracked you down. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Ben. All right, anyway, um, Tom, why don't you give us a little background on uh, how you uh, got started as a butcher and, uh, you know became uh the you know owner of the meat hook um i well short answer is i got drafted <laughs> um i was working for uh Marlo and sons and diner and doing a bunch of like sort of special projects fun weird stuff uh you know like um making cheese and like doing a cheese program there and like and uh um helping write and edit their magazine and get that off the ground. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was fun, and, but I was getting a little bored. Mm-hmm. And they decided that they wanted to bring in uh, whole animals. The, the, the butcher shop that they had been buying stuff through, Fleischer's in Kingston, nice. um, basically had told them that they weren't going to sell them small pieces of animals anymore. And if they wanted beef or pork, they were going to have to take it's hanging weight, which is in, you know, great big giant pieces. Um, 
And uh, I'm sorry, what was the word you just used? Hanging weight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and uh, so that they were going to need a butcher, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to uh, to do it, and I didn't really even think about it, and I said yes, and uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of the, the the kind of short story. Like it, it uh, you know, it, it was it was sort of an accident. Okay, so they... I, I should have probably thought about it a little bit longer. <laughs> so you went from uh, working with Marlon Sons and Diner to you know being in touch with the Fleischers guys, who um, it sounds like they also have a farm. No, they um, actually are a butcher shop that sources directly from farms and then provides transportation of that stuff down to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so after I said yes, I was sent up to. Uh, uh, <clears throat> to apprentice with Josh and uh, Aaron Lenz uh, up at Fleischer's, and I, you know, slept in their TV room with a huge bull mastiff named Boo Boo and a <laughs> giant African tortoise named Mo, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, slept on a futon love seat for six weeks, and uh, um, you know, boot camp. Got huh? Boot camp. Yeah, total total butcher boot camp, and uh, basically, you know, I was up there for six weeks, and that's just enough time to like learn enough stuff to make you kind of dangerous to yourself. <laughs> so, um, and to and society. Back, yeah, and I, I I came back to the city, and uh, um, you know, spent uh, thirteen or fourteen hours a day uh, locked in the basement of the diner, uh, you know, butchering. Mm. Pigs and beef, and uh, I, I, at that point, I was also butchering all the fish, and I had to, you know, sort of uh, teach myself how to butcher fish by uh, watching YouTube videos and stuff. How much different? How much different what? is it to butcher fish than it would meet? Um, it's 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 um, it's a lot different because most of the way that we tend to think of, you know, uh, butchering, like, you know, cutting steaks and stuff like that is uh, cutting across the bone. And, and most fish, you know, you fillet, so you're, you're running your knife, like, along the bone. And it's just a lot different, like, you know, uh, I go home every day smelling, like, you know, beef and pork, but, and no one really seems to mind it all that much. But when you go home smelling, like, fish, um, people are really not that happy. My, yeah. my wife wasn't really happy at all. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the only comparison I could see in my head between like the fish and like maybe a, a part of like the beef would be maybe some of the silver skin on a beef and then filleting a fish. Maybe that's the similarity there. Right? Yeah, especially you know, there's especially uh, monkfish which have like 14 layers of hmm. weird membranes and silver skin and stuff like that that you need to very delicately take off. Your your knife has to be a lot sharper. You can get away with having a dull knife butchering beef. I mean, it's not a good idea. It'll give you sort of carpal tunnel, but <laughs> you uh, you really can't butcher fish unless you have a really sharp knife. So that, that's another difference. So you were bringing in whole cows to the diner to the diner basement. Is that is that what was going on for a minute? Uh, we were bringing in big pieces, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, hind legs and, uh, you know, uh, uh, half pigs. And then um, after about three three months of butchering in the basement, they uh, they, they built a little uh, a little shack behind the diner, a little refrigerated cubby hole, um, and I had a, a bandsaw on uh, on wheels, which is a really bad idea. Um, and oh, I had a, a little I, I had a little cooler, 
And at that point, we started bringing in one whole steer a week wow. and uh, three pigs, and uh, and I basically just spent the uh, you know the whole week you know breaking those down for the restaurants and you know turning them into sausage and um, and their you know various different cuts and trying to figure out like what to do with all the pig feet and with all the trotters and stuff that like. Um, that we didn't really know what to do with right. um, in the restaurant, and so it was. It was also a, a you know a game of like problem solving. Like how do you um, how do you run a restaurant? How do you you know um, how do you as a butcher sort of like react to the fact that you know there's a lot of things like pigskin and you know feet and stuff like that, which like at least to um, you know a standard straight ahead straight ahead sort of like American you know you know uh, casual fine dining restaurant like what like what do you do with this stuff? Like, how do you make it into a product that people will eat? And, you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was basically my job. And then, uh, then that rolled into opening, uh, Marlo and daughters, which was, uh, or it still is, um, their, uh, butcher shop. And, uh, me and, uh, Brett, who's one of my partners at the meat hook opened that place. And, uh, Brett brought up Ben, who's our third partner in the meat hook, uh, from Richmond, Virginia, um, they're best friends in Richmond, and uh, we, uh, you know, ran that butcher shop and decided that we really liked running a butcher shop together, and we liked it so much that we, in fact, wanted to become partners and own our own butcher shop, which is led directly to uh, the meat hook with a sort of like uh, uh, sort of side story, which is you know how that whole space got built, which was basically. Um, Brett and I were teaching butchering and sausage making classes at the Brooklyn Kitchen at their former spot, which was a really tiny, like 650 square feet. Hmm. And uh, I was, you know, out uh, uh, the winter before last with uh, Harry, who is one of the owners of the Brooklyn Kitchen, and we were, you know, sitting at the bar of Roebling Tea Room, you know, getting kind of loose. And uh, <clears throat> I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore the way that I'm doing it. I, I, I want to have my own shop. And he was like, well, we really want to, like, open a big teaching space. Cool. And uh, he was like, why don't we, like, throw in together? And we were like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, a couple a couple months later, we found this enormous 7,000-square-foot space. And, uh, um, you know, and we were we spent the whole summer getting it ready, and then we opened it uh, the, the week before Thanksgiving. And, and I will um, add, it's beautiful. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Now, what would you say makes the meat hook uh, different from um, Marlowe and Daughter, or is it any different? Is it sort of the same spirit? Oh no, it's very different. I mean, like I came up with the—I mean, I came up with a concept for daughters. I, you know, mm-hmm. that we wanted to have this big, um, this big long case that was more like a, um, you know, more like a like an actual like showcase, and you know, I wanted to sort of communicate to people visually that we were a different kind of butcher shop, that we were a whole animal butcher shop. And so I, you know, we set about merchandising it with, like, large, you know, like, whole pig legs with a trotter on and, like, you know, pretty much everything that was in the case was not already cut up. And, and you know, it was great. And people really, like, when they they saw a pig head in the case, um, uh, they they knew what they were getting into. Um, But... Uh, it also, you know, when we decided to, uh, you know, what the concept was going to be for the meat hook, we decided that, you know, ultimately as fun as that, putting pig heads in the case and doing that kind of like 
that that sort of thing uh, was, it was ultimately uh, a little off-putting and really not for everyone and a little intimidating. And uh, we wanted to open a butcher shop that was like, you know, uh, you know, a, a mom-and-pop butcher shop from like the 1950s. We wanted to be really friendly and really inviting. And so we decided to go with like, you know, old-fashioned cut cases and, you know, have everything, you know, uh, uh, cut in the case. I mean, not to say that we don't cut stuff custom to order and do a lot of stuff like that, but right. uh, we just want it to be more like, uh, you know, like a, a friendly um, butcher shop that you don't have to, like, you know, suss out what the, what the theme of it is or, like, you know, what, it, what it's about, you know, or, like, why is it kind of like a butcher shop slash horror show or something <laughs> like that. So, um, and, I mean, the other thing that's, that's very different about um, the meat hook is that uh, as compared to uh, Marlon Daughters, I mean Marlon Daughters, like all the purchasing of all the animals is actually done uh, by the owners of the uh, of the shop and not by the actual butchers. And mm-hmm. you know we, that got a little frustrating for us for sure. when we were working there, and uh, we couldn't work exclusively with the farms that we wanted to work with, and we couldn't like keep out the stuff we thought was not so good. Not so good, in, uh, you know, just in, in terms of quality, not really, like, in terms of, like, you know, animal husbandry or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, the, the meat hook, we, we took the 26 or 27 farms that we had gotten animals from uh, at Daughters and winnowed it down to three. Wow. So you sourced from and, three farms? Um, more or less. Yeah, pretty pretty much most of our stuff comes from three farms. We have two beef producers and one pork producer. We will we will we're now in a process of actually um, uh, having people custom raise things for us. So right now, wow. um, we'll we'll be going. We'll probably be bumping up to like maybe eight or ten farms um, as the next year and a half unfolds. Um, but right now we have uh, we have eight. Eight pigs out at the Queens County Farm Museum that are being custom raised exclusively, exclusively for us, um, and we're going to uh, you know, finish them on acorns. And you know, you just have oh, a lot. Oh I mean, yes, awesome! I mean, well, yeah. Does that mean well, that you're going to be making some ham, some prosciutto? Um, yeah, we might make a we might make a serrano or two out out of yeah, those. Yeah, you but, got uh, you. That's awesome. Well. Well, actually, like uh, our passion right now, um, mm-hmm. where that lies, is is really in country ham. So we've been doing a lot of country ham, okay, um, instead of prosciutto, um, because I don't know uh, that they're you know prosciutto is nice, but I mean okay. you have to you know you have to slice it with a knife by hand if you do it on the bone, which is kind of the only way to really do it. Yeah, and it's very time consuming and it's very precious. And if there's one thing with the meat hook, isn't it's precious? Like, okay, <laughs> you know, keeping uh, it raw. I, well, I, I just think that there's there's um, ultimately more. It, it's more of uh, you know who we are to like you know ha- like sell country ham that like we you know, that we make there and you know cut people like uh, ham steaks on the bandsaw than like um, you know doing this very like European you know like we're not Europeans we're Americans we, we make country ham. Country ham, awesome. Well, uh, speaking of country ham, we're going to thank Edwards again for sponsoring us, and we're going <laughs> to take one quick break, Tom. We'll, we'll yeah, be right back with you. Stay on the line. So. You're listening okay, no to problem. the Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network.
listening to The Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network. Today we are produced by Dan Brindell and engineered by Nat Wiener. And uh, Tom, our producer Dan actually, before the show, was telling us a story about how he had kangaroo in Barcelona. And it led me to ask you if you, if you have any thoughts on expanding to exotic meats at your place. Um, not really. I mean... Uh, you know, there's, there's like a guy who's raising ostrich out, um, in New Jersey. Um, The fossil farms guys? Yeah, fossil farms. Um, you know, there, there's a few people, you know, we might do some, there's a, also a guy up in Hudson, uh, the Hudson Valley that's doing some, uh, I think he's raising like reindeer or something. (laughs) Oh, I I mean, start with that. Uh, but I mean, ultimately like. You know, like exotic meats just don't really. I mean, we'll we can special order stuff for people if they if they really want it. But mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like a sort of like day in day out kind of thing, we're not really that interested in doing. Um, you know, kind of like exotic or, or game meats, mostly because they're not. You know, it, it's very difficult to get local exotic meats, and so it's um, safe to know. say the meat hook is too big for frogs. <laughs> is what too big for frogs? Yeah, I mean the thing of it is like I, I don't know. I feel like uh, like Chinatown's like right across the bridge from us. You know, <laughs> people really, you know, like if people really want to like you know uh, you know buy some some uh, live bullfrogs, they can certainly do it. It's New York City. I mean, yeah. it's like we're we're trying to focus on what we're good at, which is doing beef, pork, and lamb, and you know, we're just trying to f- focus you know on doing that and all the value added things like our you know uh, um, our pastrami and our roast beef and mm-hmm. like our pates and different charcuterie items we make a really <clears throat> great mortadella we make awesome mm-hmm. hot dogs yes um, you know we're, we're more focused on like sausage and, and that kind of stuff than like branching out into stuff that like ultimately like I don't really know that much about like exotic meats I've never really, really eaten that much of it and mm-hmm. it would be kind of like it would be disingenuous I mm-hmm. think for us to sell them just because like I, I'm, I'm not really that interested in I, and I don't have that much knowledge about them and there's there's so much to learn just about like beef, pork, and lamb. Uh, you know, as far as like, you know, what to do with it, like at a butcher shop, but also like how how to make sure it's you know raised right and you know doing all of our custom breeding. Like, we're we're headed more in that direction where, than uh, than in the uh, direction of like uh, you know wombat or uh, uh, you know raising armadillos or something. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Real quick, are you um, on a farm right now by any chance? I'm sorry. What? Are you on a farm right now by any chance? We just thought we heard like a sheep or something in the background. <laughs> Uh no, actually that I think that's uh that's that's probably my rattly iPhone like oh. uh, buzzing to tell me that I have yet another fucking email. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I wanted to ask um what's one of your I mean we really appreciate you know of course the whole animal usage um but what's your favorite cut to sell? Um, I, my my, the, my favorite cut to sell is like the one that gives me like the most Problem satisfaction. <laughs> oh. Huh? Yeah, satisfaction, not profit margin. Yeah, um, the the most satisfaction is to sell is definitely uh, uh, it's basically a calf mu- muscle off the beef, mm-hmm. off the beef shank. It's and it's called the 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 cut in Italian is called the campanella, and it was a, a cut that uh, um, you know one of the friends of the shop like uh, saw when he was in Italy, and uh, you know we we always you know you know. We usually take that part and like grind it into ground beef or something like that. But it, but uh, we've actually gotten um, we started putting it in the case and and uh, over the winter it started selling and now we've you know we have one guy that's coming in this week and he's buying four, which is mm-hmm. like basically the campanella is off of like all the animals that we've gotten in the past like 
week and a, <laughs> you know week and a few days or whatever. So He's just taking them all. Yeah, I mean, it is, it, what's so satisfying about it is it's a cut that's completely foreign to Americans. They don't, they've never seen it. They don't know what to do with it, and it's fun to really like, you know, get, you know, like get inside somebody's head and you know convince them that what they want is this big, weird-looking, like sort of. I mean, it looks kind of like a like a beaver tail with a handle on the end of it because you take the tendon off as well, and the tendon melts into the brazing liquid. It's a brazing cut, obviously, and it melts into the brazing liquid and, and gives the consistency of the brazing liquid a very like velvety you know uh creamy consistency and it's you know it's a great cut and and we really like selling that one yeah and, um, and also while at the same time you know i i've been in there you guys are at the counter and right behind you you've got two stainless steel tables you're breaking down the the animals right there you get to interact with your customers are they learning more about the different kinds of cuts they can be buying by interacting directly with the butcher Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we have people that, you know, that come in, uh, you know, Wednesday morning when we get all of our animals, and we have, like, this mountain of, you know, like, whole animals, like, on our on our breaking tables, and, uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, what's that? Oh, I didn't know you guys, like, got, like, I didn't know you got tails. We're like, yeah, we got the whole thing in, like, and, you know, we've had people be like, oh, yeah, like, I want to buy all the tails, you know, or something like, you know, like, what do you guys do with all the skin, you know, and... You know, we've gotten people into, uh, you know, cooking with, like, pig skin, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, something that's, you know, fairly normal um, for, you know, uh, you know, South American cultures and Definitely. stuff like that. But it, Pork rinds. But, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, in, in the South, but I mean, like, in the Northeast, like, people are just like, well, what do you do with it? And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, well, you, you can slice it and braise it and you can make, like, a, like a, like a you know, a, a ragu and the, the, pork is the pasta kind of a thing or you know the pork skin is the pasta and you know all these different weird things and um and yeah definitely like people are are more adventurous and you know we we get people to just like come and like you know stand there and like you know watch us do it because they've never been to a butcher shop where they've been able to see anybody actually cutting up something that was recognizable you know Right. Do you see a lot of people coming in to buy cuts that they want to go home and cure themselves and then do you offer them any kind of like recipe for that or advice? Oh yeah, absolutely. We've had people come in and like buy, um, you know, uh, buy whole, you know, uh, whole bone and skin on like hams with a trotter and everything because they want to have a go at like making you know serrano or prosciutto in their house. Mm-hmm. We've had people that have been wanting to do like country hams. We're actually going to offer a country ham class. Um, uh, next, we're going to offer several of them next uh, winter when it's like country ham curing time again. Um, and that- uh, we. I'm sorry, what? Is there, like, a website someone could go to so they could see your schedule of events and um, classes? Yeah, if you go to thebrooklynkitchen.com um, and click on classes, you have the, you have a full listing of all the classes that we're offering. Unfortunately, the butcher shop um, class schedule is going to go dark for the summer because of grilling season, and we're also going to – we're kind of, like, getting ourselves in over our head with some off-site um, uh, events and and things of that nature. Where we'll be selling sausage uh, different places around the city, and cool. so uh, any places you care to share with us, or are they not? Um, nothing right this second. We're okay. still with the, the contracts are still out. Cool. But. <laughs> well, keep keep us in the loop so we know where to find you for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, now, uh, one more question I had. Um, you guys bring in you know the whole the whole cow the whole steer. Do you do a mm-hmm. special burger mix? You know, it's all the, it's all the you know the trend here in New York. Yeah, actually, we just started um, last week. Um, we started making a uh, a burger mix that was kind of making fun of uh, 
the, the famous Pat Lafreda Black Diamond or whatever Ooh, it's the called. Black like, the, <laughs> the Black Label. The Black Label. So we've been doing, we've, we've started doing our own version of the Black Label that we call the Black Hole. <laughs> and uh, it's basically um, uh, dry-aged um, beef short rib um, that is ground with all the, all the trim, all the dry-aged trim off of our five-week dry-aged um, uh, rib and drop loins, uh, and then uh, all of the uh, shank meat mm. um, that's, uh, that's not the Campagnol that we sold. <laughs> um, uh, and we're, uh, we're running that through and giving it a, a, like a, a triple uh, fine grind, so it has a very particular um, consistency. And it ha- it's, it's very perfumey. It smells and tastes exactly like the best dry-aged you know, steak you've ever had, except it's a burger. Cool. Uh, Patrick Martins actually also asked us on the break to uh, give you a question. He wants to know what foods intrigued you on your trip to Portugal. Um, what intrigued me? The, the, the most intriguing thing that I saw in Portugal, and I didn't actually eat it, I just saw it in the window of a butcher shop, is uh, in, in, uh, in Porto. Uh, I didn't see it anywhere else, but in Porto they do uh, a cured, smoked, basically like, like you would treat a country ham, but it's actually like a partially deboned one side of a pig face. Wow. It's basically like a, like a whole cured, smoked half pig face with the snout and everything, and those were everywhere. Like they were just hanging, like they were, you know, like they would be hanging in the window, like, you know, uh, like, you know, the, like braided chilies or something, you know, like just like there'd be like 25 of them on either side just sort of like all hanging off a rope. What do they call that? Was, that? I have no idea. Wait. My, my my Portuguese is so bad; it's, it's embarrassing. I thought, oh, I got this. This is pretty much like Spanish. No, it's not. It's like, oh. it's yeah. It's, well, do it's you remember? Portuguese. Remember that face bacon we tried a few weeks back at that Cochon event? <laughs> Maybe they were doing something like that after the fact. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, um, it could be for sure. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Well, Tom, thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. Um, uh, anyone who wants to go check out the Meat Hook, they're located at 100 Frost Street in Brooklyn. It's like East Williamsburg area. Um, definitely, you know, go in, check out the shop, see what they've got to offer. It's a beautiful space. Um, you know, hopefully after the summer when they're not too busy, you'll be able to, uh, you know, do some of their classes. Yeah, and in case you're not familiar with the Meat Hook, just to give you an idea, this is the only place I think you can go buy a bacon cheeseburger sausage at. So that is an absolute truth. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> so definitely go check it out. Tom, thanks so much, man, for being on. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah, you again. Thank you guys. Cool. We'll be back next week on the Farm Report, as usual, live at five. And every tomorrow, Wednesday. if you're in Virginia, um, Heather from Heritage will be down at Radford University Whoa. celebrating Earth Day. Signing and, autographs? Uh, no, but just serving up some of Eswalt's Ezra's and Sons, Suriano ham, and Berkshire sausage. Oh, so yeah. see you in Virginia tomorrow. I'm back here next Wednesday, live at five. Peace.